And now, live, it's time. Oh, we'll go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Suffolk all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end Jackpot, baby. Pinion drink takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, let's get rolling here as we're back on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Previewing the Kansas City Chiefs as we have the Chiefs on deck Sunday night, which really becomes a make-or-break game for the Raiders as we discussed yesterday the loss to the Giants, an emotional day, also on Damon Arnett being released, and another bad day. Another bad day for the Raiders Sunday into Monday, and now we get to preview ahead of what, the, what, what I think is going to be probably the biggest home game of the year. When the schedule came out, it's Sunday night football. We understand the magnitude of Sunday night football and what that means, and the Raiders have to win this game. I'm not calling it a must win. You're never in a must win when you're 5-3. and three. You have to win this game because Kansas City's not playing well. You're not seeing the juggernaut of Kansas City the last three years coming in that all teams were nervous about this team putting 40 on him and how to even think about controlling him. Now teams are containing Mahomes and holding him to less than 20 points or so. The Raiders have to shine in this game and play their best game of the year at home. Not their best second and third quarter. Not their best fourth quarter. The entire game, they have to click and be explosive and play at the level that they should as professionals. And it's been tough for the professionals on this team with all the distractions and everything that's gone on. You know, yesterday, I was thinking about this word distraction. What is a distraction? A distraction is something that gets in your head normally. And that could happen for a number of reasons. It could be a player getting into a car accident and taking someone's life. It could be another player like Arnett getting cut. It could be a bunch of things that can distract the football team, and we don't know about it. As I said yesterday on Monday, as we sit here on Tuesday, that Eric Allen's one of the great defensive backs of all time and one of the best character guys I've ever known. It's an honor to work with EA. And EA made it clear that there were no distractions in the loss Sunday at MetLife Stadium. These are football players. They came to play. They actually look forward to playing to get away from the background noise. I think the Raiders were ready to play. I don't think it was a distraction issue. They just didn't execute. They didn't execute several plays. But what was interesting, and I wanted to get into today as I have a short show, Q will be stepping in for me for the final hour. Uh, today's the Raiders' first-ever golf tournament, a big Raiders golf tournament out of Shadow Creek where I'm emceeing it. And I wanted to get in and talk about this in the, in the hour that we have here. Big shows. I'm bringing in big guns Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on the show to try to really get us up for this game. But did you see everybody else who won on Sunday? I mean, how in God's name did the Raiders lose to an inferior opponent, the Giants, who are out of this thing, they're not going to be in playoff contention, and everybody else in the division won. The entire division won to make matters worse. So I wanted to go over a few things and get into what happened in the division and start off first with, I thought, the Kansas City win. Kansas City gets the opportunity to play without playing Aaron Rodgers. That should make your blood boil. The fact that Kansas City didn't have to see Aaron Rodgers in a game, and Aaron Rodgers was the big distraction that took away from Green Bay's ability to win a game. 
So there is absolutely no doubt that Green Bay lost that game because they didn't have the reigning MVP. That was the key to that game. We all know it. Final call is Kansas City, who didn't play well, held on to beat a Green Bay team without the best player, arguably, in the sport. Chiefs go to a knee again, and that will be that. The Kansas City Chiefs are 5-4 and four on the season. And guess what Andy Reid has done? He has caught Curley. It is the 226th career regular season victory for Andy Reid. That's fifth most in NFL history. He now ties the founder and 30-year coach of the Green Bay Packers, the late Curly Lambeau. The Chiefs catch Curley, they beat Love, and they get a victory. Back-to-back wins, winning this one 13-7 over Green Bay. All right, let's get into that for a little bit. Not only did, you know, Kansas City didn't score in the second half of the game. They didn't stay, they had a goose egg at home at Arrowhead in the second half of that game. When does that ever happen with Patrick Mahomes? So for Kansas City coming into Las Vegas to play on Sunday night, they, they're going two squ- uh, quarters getting shut out. And they still won the game. They won the game because Aaron Rodgers let down that entire organization. So Kansas City caught one of the biggest breaks of the year. They did. They were sitting, preparing for a game, and Aaron Rodgers, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers can't play. That's the biggest break that Kansas City will have all year in regards to preparation. Going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? Stop. I mean, that's a bye week. What a break they got. And now Kansas City is 5-4, and four, and as I told you for the last couple of weeks, they're here to stay. They're a damn good football team, and they're not rolling over. They're well-coached. Andy Reid, you just heard that milestone and what they were able to do. After the game, Andy Reid talked about what I'm talking about all week. Kelsey, Hill, misdirection, the Stars playing big, and how the Stars are going to carry this team. We didn't hold back. Guys played hard and aggressive. We've seen things that have happened. You saw things today that happened with teams that are favored. You know, you just you have to bear down every week the best you can and find a way to win every week. I just thought our last drive was vintage. Patrick, Kelsey, Tyreek. So those, that's vintage. That's a word that we're going to use the rest of the week. I call, it the, I call this misdirection week, as I said on Monday. And misdirection week means Kansas City is going to start a play one way, and they're going to bring it back the other way. And they've been doing it my entire time with the Raiders. No matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the coach is, no matter who the Raider head coach is or defensive coordinator, they love playing the Oakland Raiders, the L.A. Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and running misdirections. I'll say it to I'm blue in the face. It's happening. It's coming again. It's coming again. There'll be a play in this game, and you'll think of me going, JT said that on the flagship station. Hopefully, Gus Bradley has the defense set up correctly where the misdirection plays won't look terrible for the Raiders because they'll be waiting for it, and at least they'll have some bodies on the back end of the misdirection to make a play. The question is, are they going to be able to make a play? Patrick Mahomes knew that just getting a win was all that mattered for this team that has been playing poorly the last couple of weeks. It was a battle all day long. We felt like we had good plays and that we were moving the ball and we'd stall out. And it kind of, it kind of all day it felt like that. And um, guys stepped up and made plays and I kind of let that out of like that frustration. We made, we made it happen. And I mean, I'd rather be walking away with the win than a lot of yards. So I'm glad we got the win. Absolutely. That's all you can wins everything here. The Raiders would have loved to have said the same thing. At MetLife, and that wasn't meant to be. So with all the upsets that we saw yesterday, let's move on to another game where the Chargers came from behind and beat the Eagles 27-24. It would have been beautiful for the Eagles to win that game as the Chargers outscored them 11-7 in the fourth quarter to win that game. So that was a big deal. 
Justin Herbert had a touchdown run showcasing his athletic ability. Herbert extends his hands and takes. Fades back to pass, steps up. He's going to run for it. Left side, 10, 5, touchdown! The Chargers take the lead! Chargers radio. So Chargers end up getting a big score there, and they end up winning a game that they could have lost. East Coast travel, Chargers find a way to win. They did what the Raiders couldn't do. The Chargers found a way to win to go to 5-3. and three. They're 3-1 and one on the road. They play better on the road than at home. And now the Chargers are right back in the AFC West where we expected them to be. Great win for them. Their coach, Staley, talked about what they had to do in the game. Big plays, big chunk plays, the ability to come from behind and believe they could win. But what I liked about it is we, we got to the deep part of the field today. We were able to access all parts of the field, and that's what you have to do. Um, I felt like Justin was patient today. I th- felt like he was extremely accurate, not his best stuff from a timing perspective. Uh, and our offensive line had a lot to do with that. But Justin was outstanding in the game today. And this season's going to be about a winner, winner two for one team and a winner two for the Raiders. I think we all understand that. And the Raiders blew a golden opportunity against the Giants to be in first place and to have six wins and be six and two, knowing that the Chargers probably were going to beat the Eagles. Kansas City only beat the Packers because Aaron Rodgers didn't play. But who called this Denver win over Dallas? Where did that come from? You know, the Dallas Cowboys, when the schedule came out, when we looked at Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott and who they have, I thought this would be probably the Raiders' toughest game of the year. Thanksgiving on the road. It's either going to be Kansas City on the road or Dallas on the road. Looks to be the tougher games. And the Raiders can't beat the Giants. So I think that the Dallas game, going into yesterday, I'm saying, the Raiders can't beat the Giants there. How are they going to beat Dallas in Dallas? And then Dallas gets boat raced. They get absolutely embarrassed. You don't want to talk about a team that didn't show up. They didn't show up. But unfortunately, they get taken out by Denver, who is now quietly... Five and four. Denver was buried two weeks ago. We didn't have to worry about him. Stick a fork in him, and Denver is up 16 to nothing at halftime, 19 to nothing at the end of the third, and win the game comfortably 30 to 16. Shocking to me. Teddy Bridgewater, I would say this is his biggest win as a Bronco on the road. Bridgewater, deep drop, sets, home run ball, left side. He wants Patrick. Patrick is there, makes the catch, and Denver with another touchdown. 44 yards. Teddy Bridgewater, a perfect throw to Tim Patrick. That's Dave Logan on Broncos Radio. So for that, I think that to me is the most shocking win other than Jacksonville beating Buffalo on Sunday. That was a bit of a shock. To see that. And there were so many upsets, and the Raiders were a part of the upsets. Another thing we talked about yesterday, the Raiders had a golden opportunity to get all the media coverage after some really bad media coverage. And the loss gives the media that dislikes the Raiders and likes to kick them with their, when they're down. They're not talking about the Raiders as a football team. They're talking about Damon Arnett and still Henry Ruggs III. So the Raiders had a great opportunity to quiet the noise down by beating a team, and they weren't able to do it. And that's not a good sign going forward. That's why they have to bounce back and have a great week of practice and win this game coming up. Incredible to me what happened. Look, the Raiders lost. That's bad enough. But if you would have told me going in that everyone else in the AFC West was going to win, I'd say no way. I thought the Chargers would have the best shot, and they could have lost. Kansas City got the break with Aaron Rodgers, but the Denver game baffles me. Absolutely baffles me 
And Vic Fangio's fighting for his job, and that's how a team responds when a coach is fighting for his job. After the game, Dallas head coach Mike McCarthy on the fact that his team you know, did not show up at all. And you want to talk about a team that didn't show up at all. They, they, this is a home game in Dallas. It's a big ticket. It's a big item. They salute heroes at halftime. They bring back gold coats. They do everything. This is a big ticket. This is show business in Dallas, and this coach didn't even show up. Frankly, we were out coached. We were outplayed uh, all the way through. So uh, this is the first time I felt clearly our energy didn't exceed our opponent, and, 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 that's, and that's disappointing. Yeah, that is disappointing. There's a coach who owned it there. So I wanted to make sure we went through that because yesterday it was all about the loss, which Monday is going to be about wins and or losses and, and analyzing that. And then we got to quickly turn around and get ready for Kansas City. I'll say this again. I'll be saying it all week, so get used to it. I'm very optimistic because I can't have this job and be a pessimist when a team is 5-3. and three. I get hired to do a job. It's to do a radio show fast pace and to give you the best content that you could get. That's what I get paid to do and have strong opinions. I can't predict wins and losses, and I can't predict the way a coach coaches a player plays. I can't. I can't predict any of that. But what I could do is make sure that we get the information, we have some fun, and we talk about how to beat Kansas City this week. I'd like to have more fun because for two hours a day I do this and I have another three-hour show afterwards. I don't want it to be doom and gloom. The way I do my nighttime radio show, it's more national than obviously this one. But this one, this has been the toughest year we've ever had because of incidents off the field. And maybe now after Arnett and Ruggs being released after that awful tragedy, maybe we can get back to more football and more analysis of the games that happen. But just as I was prepared yesterday to talk about the loss, then the Mike Mayock press conference and Damon Arnett, and now what it does is these storylines bring negativity even to the home fans. So what my job is is to let the home fans vent, You'll never be censored as long as you show respect. On this show, as long as you show respect, you will not get censored. But I'd like to see the Raider fans that are behind this team coming home at 5-3, and three, which, again, after these hard losses, Chicago and the Giants, which were unexpected, this is still a really good scenario to be in at 5-3. and three. It is getting healthier, being at home, and playing a Kansas City team that's really struggling. If Kansas City was not struggling... We'd have big problems right now. We might have big problems if you're a Raider fan with this game on Sunday. If there's a team in the league that's due to put up 38 to 45 points, it's this team. And they love playing the Raiders. So the Raiders have to make sure that this is the game that Gus Bradley was brought in to play good defense. The defense yesterday, excuse me, the defense Sunday held Daniel Jones pretty much in check other than third down on a bunch of conservative plays that the Giants dialed up on the Raiders. It's a completely different game plan now for the Raiders' defense. they got to expect the back end. they got to expect the bombs over the top. they got to expect the reverses, the halfback throws, whatever it is, because you know they're coming. Misdirection week continues because that's what it's going to be about. Misdirection week continues because i got to do my job and remind you about this misdirection and what these guys try to do every time they touch the ball. And Rich Passaccia knows it, Gus Bradley knows it, and hopefully everybody, Ron Malius knows it. Everybody knows what's coming. It's Kansas City. But Charles Woodson will be in the house, a bunch of gold jackets, get in your seats, get behind this team, and let's have a good rest of the week here. 
because I think that the Raiders have an opportunity to go to six and three at home. Raise your hand or beep your horn if you take six and three coming off Sunday night football. That would be a bleeping best case scenario. When we talk X's and O's, we talk Remy Martin. Remy Martin team up for excellence. Good to see the Remy Martin team out Sunday at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Always have a good time with that crew. Proud partner of our show as we continue Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. It was a battle all day long. We felt like we had good plays and that we were moving the ball and then we'd stall out. And it kind of, it kind of all day it felt like that. And um, guys stepped up and made plays and I kind of let that out of like that frustration. We made, we made it happen. And I mean, I'd rather be walking away with the wind than a lot of yards. So I'm glad we got the win. Welcome back Tuesday, JT, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. As we are brought to you by our good friend, Sam and Ash, Sam and because you deserve what's right. If you get into a car accident, any issue, any issue that surrounds an injury, they're the best to call. You get two for one, two of my favorites. Sam and Ash, my personal injury attorney, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Short show. Thanks to Q for stepping up for me in the next hour of the show as I have a Raider event today, and we'll pick it up tomorrow, also on Wednesday, with some superstar guests and analysis with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes has been struggling as of late, and we all know that. But I am going to be the last guy that bails on Patrick Mahomes coming into a game, especially a game against the Raiders, where he's had tremendous success in his young career. He has. Obviously, he plays the Raiders twice a year. He's very familiar, and he's a part of the rivalry, which means Kansas City, I don't care if it's Gunther Cunningham, Marty Schottenheimer, Andy Reid, they treat it the right way, like Raider Week. And they are usually buttoned up. And they understand the magnitude and the history of this rivalry. And Mahomes came into this rivalry, sat behind Alex Smith, which was the right decision early. And now he's on pace not only to be a Hall of Famer, but he could be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's the highest paid player of all time. And he's going through a bit of a slump. He's going through a bit of a slump this year. And if you look at some of these games, and especially the games as of late, they beat the Giants 20-17. to they just beat the Packers 13-7. to They were shut out in the second half of that game. Their losses at the Titans 27-3. to Are you kidding me? And they also lost to the Chargers in division 30-24. to And they've lost to the Ravens. And I bring that up because the Raiders beat the Ravens, the home opener on Monday night, the Classic, in overtime. And Kansas City lost to the Ravens 36-35. to so they haven't played good football, but they're right where they need to be. Technically third in the AFC West, ready to go to first if they win the game and beat the Raiders toe-to-toe in the first game on the road. So we all understand the magnitude of this game. But it's getting interesting now because there are some individuals who are counting him out or at least see that he is struggling. And he is struggling hard and he's going through a bit of a slump. And I look to this in all sports. If you're a baseball pitcher, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, go around the league, any pitcher that you want to talk about. Every game is in 15 strikeouts. Every game is in a shutout. From time to time, you don't get out of the second or third inning. You get beat. You lose a couple in a row. Uh, Same thing in tennis. Roger Federer doesn't win every match. From time to time, he loses a couple of matches in a row, doesn't make it to the final. It's rare, but it happens to all the great ones. 
And now that it's happening to Mahomes, everybody's trying to say, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's different here? Well, I don't think the roster has been as good as it's been as they appeared in back-to-back Super Bowls and won one. They've lost some players to free agency. They've let go of some players. They've had some issues by getting rid of players because they had to pay Mahomes, which was very important, a decision the Raiders will have to make with Carr and where you put money long-term. They put all the money into Mahomes. And at that time, remember, we talked to Lee Steinberg last week when the Henry Ruggs incident broke. Lee was on, and he represents Mahomes. And we talked about this a bit with him. And not every game is going to be a perfect game. But if there's ever a game where he could get healthy and look good, it's against the Raiders because he's very familiar with the Raiders' scheme and game plan. Now, I'm happy that this is a different uh, defensive coordinator and really a tweak scheme and a better one that we like with Gus Bradley. And Gus Bradley has been sleeping and thinking and waking up in the middle of the night, I would hope, thinking about Mahomes. Because this is why Gus Bradley was brought in to stop Patrick Mahomes in the division. That was the reason why Ruggs was drafted initially, to be Tyreek Hill. We talked about that at length. Darren Waller, to be similar to Travis Kelsey. The goal was to be similar to Kansas City, because if you can't beat Kansas City in your own division, how are you going to host playoff games at Allegiant Stadium and get to the Super Bowl? The goal for the Raiders is to win championships, and they're staring at the Chiefs and Mahomes in the division for many times. So let's hear from one of the, I wouldn't call him a detractor, Ryan Clark, a former defensive back, won a Super Bowl. He's now with ESPN. He talked about yesterday how Mahomes is literally broken on ESPN. Get up. Listen to this. He's broken. Patrick Mahomes is broken. And he's broken because he's the same as he's always been, but that's no longer good enough. It's time for Patrick Mahomes to pivot. It's time for Patrick Mahomes to play football in a different way. But sometimes when you've been so successful doing one thing, it's hard to do another. And they're asking the entire Kansas City Chiefs offense to do this. They're saying become a running football team. Be committed to that. They're saying take the checkdowns. Be committed to that. They're saying, you know what? You will not have the big play against us, so we're going to make you earn every blade of blade of grass and we believe you'll make a mistake and that's what's been happening this is a boring offense that refuses to be boring to win football games so that's some pretty strong analysis from a guy who knows football and that's a really strong opinion and i respect that opinion that's what he thinks here but he could get healthy in a game really quickly with the raiders if he has a couple of explosive plays down the field so the raiders have worked on that a lot and the raiders are trying to figure this out and put the best game plan together, which I believe consists of a great pass rush. And we've seen the pass rush pop this year. Even against the Giants, they were very active. Yannick Ngakwe, Max's motor never turns off. And Daniel Jones didn't have a game to talk about. Either did Mahomes against Green Bay. Remember, he got shut out in the second half of that game. But Kansas City and their defense was able to hold on to win that game 13-7. to If you look at his fantasy points, I don't talk a lot of fantasy on this show, but I saw this from Matthew Berry yesterday. His season splits. In weeks one through five, his fantasy points per game were 26.2. Weeks six through nine, 13.8. His quarterback ranking weeks one through five was was number two overall. Now it's 22. Passing TDs, weeks one through five, 16. Combined weeks six, seven, eight through nine, four. And he's also thrown four interceptions in the last few weeks here. 
And weeks one through five, he threw six. So he's really given the ball up. He is throwing up the ball under duress, hoping that his playmakers make plays, and they haven't been able to do that. So this is fascinating to me that he's playing about as average, if you want to say poorly, as he's ever played in his career coming into a nationally televised game against the Raiders. The Raiders know this, and they have to expect that Mahomes is going to bounce back. You have to expect that he's going to bounce back and play well. He's going to have a couple of big games. He's got 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times. That's a good number for the Raiders to come in thinking that they can do something. But he's averaging 306 yards a game. That's an average. If you come into Allegiant Stadium and throw for 300 or 350, you got a chance to win that game. And they've just had problems this year. They don't have a running back with more than 304 yards. Clyde Edward-Hilaire. Five games, 304 yards. Darrell Williams in his nine games, 300 yards. And Mahomes is the third leading rusher in nine games, 37 attempts, 227 yards. So this team is struggling, running the ball, and with Mahomes at quarterback. Tyreek Hill has got 101 targets already this year, 68 receptions. As a receiver, 772 yards. He's averaging 11.4 a catch. That's the first down on every catch. Six touchdowns and 85.8 yards a game. He's a nightmare. Tyreek Hill has a Hall of Fame resume against the Raiders, and the Raiders are going to have to stop it. And even though Travis Kelsey scored in this last game, he's struggling a bit this year. He's got five touchdowns, which is not on pace for what he typically does, but he has 628 yards and 54 receptions. So he could be on pace with the rest of this with the 17-game schedule to get his 100 receptions and to get well over 1,000 yards. But other than that, after that, they don't have a lot of big play guys who you have to worry about. So as I talked about yesterday on the radio, I said here on Raider Nation Radio, the Raiders triangle, right? The top of the triangle is Carr. The bottom is Waller and Renfro. Those are the three guys with the offense I think you can count on the most. Those are the guys that I believe you can count on the most. And... Kansas City has a better triangle. Their triangle is Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, and it's the great Travis Kelsey. So in order for the Raiders to slow them down, their offensive superstars, Carr, Waller, and Renfro, and Waller's more of the superstar than Renfro, got to have a big game. Carr's got to have a big game. Carr's got to come out and throw for 300, 400 yards, and I expect him to do it because this is the only way you can beat Mahomes. You can't beat him the way Kansas City uh, beat Green Bay. You can't hope for Mahomes to get shut out in the second half and not score points. You know that's going to flip, and they're going to be ready to roll. What you got to do is you got to outscore them in a shootout. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think we're going to see a 13-7 game Sunday night. I think both teams will score in the 30s, or one will score in the 30s to win. So I think the Raiders better come into this game planning on scoring 30 to 34 points, 35 points. Because we know that Kansas City is going to have the ability to score. But they haven't proven this year that they can put up numbers in bunches. So the Raiders don't want to be that team where we say, well, Kansas City all of a sudden got healthy and they're back to basics again. They're back to the Kansas City who we thought they were. And that would be a game where Kelsey has one or two touchdowns, Tyreek Hill has one, and Mahomes has thrown for four. Derek has thrown. Look how close these stats are. Derek is number three in passing. Mahomes is number four. Carr, 2,565 yards. Mahomes, 
2,534 yards. So both these guys are similar in regards to what we're seeing with long throws. Tyreek Hill, again, is in the top five when it comes to receiving yards, which is very impressive at 772. So they got offensive weapons who can go out and make plays. But the good news for the Raiders is this has been a flawed team for quite some time. They're admitting it in Kansas City. They're talking that way on the radio. And they understand that something's not right with the team. So Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid are going to go back to basics. They're going to put up the film on the Raiders and see what works in the past and see if they can do it again. And that is clearly misdirection. And making Tyreek Hill in motion, have him catching balls while he's picking up speed. That's what's so good about this player is he catches the ball in route moving quickly. And once he gets it, it's tough to catch up with him, let alone tackle him. And what Kelsey does, even better than Waller, is what Kelsey does is when the pocket breaks down, which it often does for Mahomes, Mahomes keeps the play alive, and Kelsey understands this and breaks off his route, and he just comes back to help Mahomes, and Mahomes finds him. I'd like to see a little bit more of that with Darren Waller and Derek Carr. I don't see any of it, or not much of it, at least when Derek is being rushed out of the pocket for Derek to find a way to catch Waller making a good decision, come back to the ball, Darren, and let Derek just high point it to you and let you make a catch instead of throwing it away. Mahomes don't throw it away much. What he does is, and that's why the interceptions are up, he'll give his teammates an opportunity to go make a play. And that's what, that's what should make everybody nervous here. Will they score on a broken play the way they did last year against Jonathan Abram when the Raiders had the lead at home in an empty stadium at Allegiant and could have put that game away? Man, looking at the Kansas City defensive stats this year and their struggles, I just know they're better than this. But Kansas City, here overall, they're giving up 121 rushing yards a game. 121. The Raiders are giving up 133, which is way too much. The Raiders are giving up over 206 yards in the passing game. And Kansas City, check out this number, because Kansas City at times flashes well. They're giving up 259. And then the most important stat of all when it comes to defense, how many points you're giving up. The Kansas City Chiefs are giving up 25.2 points per game, and the Las Vegas Raiders are giving up 23.6. So we're starting to see this. Kansas City, low-scoring game, win. Raiders, low-scoring game against the Giants, loss. I don't expect this to be a low-scoring game. The trend is telling me it's going to be a lesser-scoring game than we've seen in the past. I I don't buy it. I think we're going back to a good old Western shootout. Raiders versus Kansas City, and whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. And hopefully it's the Raiders. So that's where we stand today. Uh, more on Patrick Mahomes the rest of the week. And again, for those who are pouring dirt on him and thinking it's over, you're nuts. He's one of the best players we've seen in the league, and he's trending to be one of the greatest of all time. And it will take the Raiders playing at their best, which they need to do Sunday night to beat him, as we continue right here. Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by our good friends at Meetup Vegas. Got a new delivery into the weekend, heading into the Rolling Stones weekend this past weekend. Picked up a whole bunch of new ground beef. You make burgers, make anything, sauce, great ground beef, along with some tri-tip and some fillets. Meetupvegas.com, the code word is JT Brick. Can't tell you how many people have texted me and said thank you. It's easy once you get used to getting 
great restaurant meat, and it's better than going to the grocery store, waiting online, and they deliver it right to your home. MeetupVegas.com, code word JTBrick. As we keep it going right here on Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio, the flagship. Well, again, I think, you know, we all have a lot of respect for Deshaun's career and what he's done, and I can remember him, you know, coming out. So we're excited about getting those speed element out there to be a complement to what we're trying to do in offense. Certainly with the speed that Zay has and what Brian and Hunter bring to us, um, it'll be good for us to get those speed element going on offense. We're excited about getting into practice. JT, as we continue here, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Hope you're having a good day today. Again, thanks to Q, who's going to be picking it up here at the top of the hour. I'll be out at Shadow Creek for the Raiders' first ever golf classic here. Uh, last night I was at the Mayfair Supper Club, which used to be the Hyde Lounge at Bellagio with uh, 21 Raider alumni. 21 alumni came out, and it was a great corporate partnership night. A lot of good people to see here in Vegas and this golf classic and a big event for the Raiders here with their corporate partners. So that's where I'm at later on today. And then we'll roll on and get ready for what I think is going to be a big week. Uh, the next couple of shows here as we get ready for Charles Woodson coming to town as he gets his Hall of Fame ring. And remember how great of an event it was. Those who remember how great of that event. Tom Flores. And for Tom Flores to get his Hall of Fame ring in front of all those gold jackets, I've been told on the record and off the record 10 gold jackets including Charles Woodson coming in for that halftime celebration I think it's a good time for Charles to be here as we're brought to you by Woodson bourbon and whiskey Charles is a big partner on our show too one of our partners here so we're always talking about Charles and Charles's brand so whenever you're out if you're drinking intercept wine or you're talking about his brand Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Please ask for it wherever you go. Fun night last night. I had a couple of really good conversations about football I wanted to share with you. First off, Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer, was there last night. And we really talked in detail about the Raiders' last game and what's coming up with Kansas City. And Rod was talking a lot about two high safeties and the way to defend Kansas City and Tyreek Hill and what Gus Bradley does, and what maybe they have to do in this game. It's just a good conversation. Listening to a Hall of Famer talk defense with another great former Raider, one of our good friends, Kirk Morrison. And Kirk had the phone out, and he was looking at other defensive concepts. So it was great to listen to those two guys talk defense. And sitting, sitting in the pew as the great Rod Woodson is talking schemes about high safety or safety in the box, and what the Raiders need to do here with Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes can extend the play. And players who initially aren't supposed to get behind the defense can because he extends the plays and guys who are running underneath routes and crossing routes misdirection, as we've talked about, all of a sudden find a way to break on free. So what happens a lot with Kansas City, and they've been struggling. right? We're talking about that today. Kansas City's really been struggling with their pass protection. It looks like Mahomes doesn't have a lot of confidence with the center and guard. So what he's doing is he's breaking out of the pocket quickly, and then the play's breaking down, and he's not as efficient as he would be in a clean pocket as such a great player. So as much as you want to keep Patrick Mahomes 
in the pocket or get him outside the pocket, whatever your concept is. By getting him outside the pocket means that maybe the pocket's breaking down. So you're winning the battle at the line of scrimmage, but it can come back to bite you because as you're winning that battle and Max is getting close and Yannick is getting close, all of a sudden he slides, he gets outside the pocket, and then what happens? Tyreek Hill, who's running a certain route, decides to get off the route, and he just takes off and goes the other way. And Mahomes has such great chemistry with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that they break out and then they run a route on a broken play. And Mahomes is the best modern-day broken play quarterback we've ever seen. Going back to the history of the league, Fran Tarkenton was maybe Mount Rushmore all-time broken play. Pocket breaks down. Tarkenton is running for his life, stops, and throws a Hall of Fame touchdown pass. And going through, the best I've ever seen, maybe still to this day, is John Elway. A lot of people still consider John Elway the greatest quarterback of all time or Mount Rushmore, even though his stats are getting passed up by Brady, Drew Brees. If you saw John Elway play in his prime, and you're, you're a Raider fan, so you did if you're old enough, who had a bigger arm than Elway when the pocket broke down and he ran and he twisted and turned then planted his back foot and threw a 65-yard bomb? Mahomes is in that category. So it'll be interesting to see from talking to Rod and other guys last night about how disciplined the Raiders are going to be with those two safeties in the back. Because as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Jonathan Abram has been lining up close to the line of scrimmage. He's been in that box. And from what I'm seeing here in Gus's style, you know, maybe having two deep safeties here and being a little bit conservative the way that Kansas City's been struggling over the last couple of weeks, maybe that's time to make sure those center fielders, we have two center fielders, and they're deep. And hopefully the linebackers show up and play well. Also talk to Donald Penn. I know I'm name dropping today, but it was kind of a cool event last night to talk to some alumni. So I talked to Donald Penn about the protection package. And again, even though Colton Miller got beat on that last play and he's had a hell of a year, you know, Donald and I talked about how the offensive line's got to play big in this game. This is a game where Donald said, when you come out of the tunnel, you know it's a different game. Monday night football or Sunday night football, that's a bigger brand now than Monday night. There's got to be some juice for the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium when that coin flips and that crowd's going crazy. So that was a topic. Then Swervin Mervin Fernandez. I talked to him, obviously, about some of the concerns at wide receiver and Deshaun Jackson coming in and the type of routes he likes to run, and how he expects him to show up, you know, and make a play. Uh, But the highlight of the night for me was Jim Plunkett. I talked to Jim for a little bit, not a lot about football, but about golf and life in general. And Jim is really working hard to get to every event out here. He's coming to corporate events, private events. He's coming to games with the fans. He was our guest at the last game at the Torch, which was a lot of fun. And Jim's in a good place. Jim knows that this team is 5-3, and three, and hopefully their best football is in front of them. So that's what we did last night, Shadow Creek, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'll tell you what we got going here. And we'll tweet it out. You can find those tweets at JT the Brick. So Mike Florio uh, posted last night the NFL's investigation of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers focuses on possible fines, not suspensions. So I'm reading this, and I'm wondering, because I'm still bitter, about what's happening because we're sitting here this was november 4th it's now november 8th 
and I'm looking at the changes and what I'm hearing from the NFL and what we should be hearing from the NFL this week. The new bite from him is he feels like he's being crucified. Wow. He used the term woke. Now we're using the term crucified. That's one word that I don't use when it comes to sports. There's a couple of things I don't reference, and that's one of them. So Aaron Rodgers knows that he was silent the whole entire year on this topic, knowing that he was immunized. He was not vaccinated during COVID protocol. And according to People.com, as Florio says, in parentheses, he says, yes, People.com, a source close to Rodgers says that the reigning NFL MVP is not pleased with the response to his effort to explain himself after testing positive for COVID-19. Shocking, huh? He reportedly, quote, feels like he just shared his point of view and now he's being crucified for it. He He knew some people would disagree with him, but he didn't know it would become the blank storm it became, according to this People report. People who thought... They were friends were turning on him. Rogers reportedly is upset and very unhappy with the response to him. Do you know how many people live in this country who are vaccinated and vaccinated for the right reasons? Well, take that amount of people who are currently vaccinated with two shots and some with a booster shot who are all on board and following the protocol and believe in this. And he's surprised that people are unhappy with his response. Remember, we're divided in this country with politics, and I'll keep it to sports. If you alienate, uh, if you alienate half the country, that means the people that you think are going to have your back, if they all don't have your back, you know that the math says you alienated half the country who are really pissed off, and they disagree with you, and the people you think should have your back, they're not loyal. Why would they be? Again, they don't want to die on the hill for Aaron Rodgers, nor would I. So as Florio reported, he's the victim. He's always been the victim. And he's surely feeling even more victimized because he's been criticized not only by people in the media who, you know, can simply write him off as part of the woke mob, but Hall of Famers, Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, Jimmy Johnson, and the Raiders Howie Long. So that's what's happening with Aaron Rodgers, who let the Raider Nation down because he couldn't play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs got shut out in the second half, and the Packers would have won that game. So I wanted to bring that up today because it was a really important topic on what's happening as we move that Aaron Rodgers story forward. All right, one more quick thing I want to get to here before the top of the hour. I want to take a look at some of the moving lines in the NFL. You Normally we have... Jay Sherman on today, but we'll move him to later in the week or next week from the Westgate. Kansas City opened up minus three, and it's pretty much hovering around minus three or two and a half. Now, remember, you get three for being at home. So some sharps think that the Kansas City Chiefs are more than a three-point favorite. In theory, minus three, they'd be a six-point favorite if this game was in Kansas City. Uh, The Superbook, which is the number I exclusively look at on this show, has a two and a half. Total on the game is 51. Also, Circa, Derek Stevens' shop and great resort property has it at two and a half, along with win bet at minus three. So the line is moving to two and a half to three, 
And again, I, when I when I look at these lines, I always say, either way, the Raiders are an underdog at home. That's not going to change here in the next couple of days unless Kansas City has a COVID problem. And then maybe the line would move down and we don't wish that on anybody. So that's the issue. The Raiders are once again a home underdog. If you're a Raider fan, you might want to sprinkle some money on this game on the money line because you know how important it is for the Raiders and the health of the team and for Derek Carr to have a big game. A couple of other lines I wanted to mention as we keep moving. Carolina, Matt Rule basically threw his quarterback under the bus and Sam Darnold, and that was great sound. I'll play it for you maybe tomorrow. But they have no confidence in Sam Darnold. Arizona, who played without Kyler Murray, played without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, went into Santa Clara and beat the 49ers and ended their season. They're now a 10-point favorite at home. Chargers. This is a game I really want to get into. The Chargers are now a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Minnesota. Minnesota is a good team. And Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback who snake bit and loses a lot of games, but he's very efficient. Raider Nation, we need Minnesota to win this game. At SoFi, there's a lot of Viking fans on the West Coast. They'll, they'll buy tickets. Minnesota, that might be my upset special of the week. And the Chargers got a big win in Philadelphia. Minnesota is on the road, and they're getting two and a half points. How about Tennessee and the great win that they just had at the Rams? They're only a three-point favorite against New Orleans. I thought that number would be four, four and a half by now. That's another game to keep an eye on. Buffalo at the Jets. Buffalo got beat by Jacksonville, and they're a 13-point favorite on the road at MetLife. I think that number is really big, but Buffalo thinks they could explode. And maybe the game of the week is going to be New England-Cleveland. A lot of line movement. New England opened up minus three. That number's down a one-and-a-half to one. So that's a pick game. And if New England beats Cleveland, I both have New England and Cleveland as wild-card teams. That'll be the advantage for one of those two teams in the wild card, which will affect the Raiders. As you know, the Raiders don't play New England this year. They play Cleveland. And Cleveland's going to be in this fight all the way to the end. So I don't know who Raider fans are pulling for here, but I'd like to see Cleveland lose another game, even though I don't root for Belichick in New England, obviously. That's a game to keep an eye on. And then one more cool game, another team that the Raiders face later on this year, uh, that would be Indianapolis. They are a 10-and-a-half-pound favorite at home against Jacksonville. I think they win that game. And Denver, who won a huge game at Dallas, that line opened up Denver minus one-and-a-half. Now it's two-and-a-half to three. Philadelphia's got a tough schedule. They're playing the AFC West this year, and they've been in these games. Raiders beat them with 30 unanswered. Philadelphia almost beat the Chargers at home, and now Philadelphia's got to go out to Denver. And if Aaron Rodgers comes back, Green Bay hosts Seattle as Russell Wilson's coming back. But there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers 100% will clear that protocol. Uh, We're assuming he will, but that is a big storyline there. All right, thanks again to Q for stepping up here on a Raider day for me outside the building. Uh, Rest of the week, we're going in balls out. We got some great guests coming up, Kansas City Insiders, and we'll get you ready for this game coming up on Sunday and what the Raiders need to do to really stabilize everything. The alumni are excited with the record of 5-3. and three. It should be better. It should be 6-2. and two. Wasn't the case in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But now the Raiders have a golden opportunity. Make sure you get this. This is the biggest game ever played in the history of Allegiant Stadium because year one had no fans. Tom Brady won. 
Josh Allen won. Phillip Rivers came in before his retirement and won. Drew Brees lost. There were a lot of big games, but none of your fans were there to see it. Now that the Raiders, you want to be glasses half full, the Raiders beat Pittsburgh, who won last night. Pittsburgh Steelers, look at their record. And the Raiders beat Baltimore, who might now today be the best team in football. So there's a lot to be thankful for with those Raider victories early on that can kind of keep everything moving nicely, even though they lost to the Bears and the Giants. There's a lot to be thankful for, but it's all going to come down to this game. This game will release the rest of the schedule and open it up big if they can win. And they know it. And it's a huge week for the Raider Nation, you fans, the Raider players in the organization, and they'll be ready to go Sunday night. We keep it up here. Top of the hour, Q's coming in. Thanks to Bobby for putting together this quick hour for us today as we continue. And we'll have a recap of what's happening from the Shadow Creek Tournament to what's going to happen the rest of the week. I'm really excited about what's happening and what we have in store for you the next couple of shows. Thanks to PT's. For everything they do to fuel the monologue in this hour, best happy hour in town. Q's coming up next. Thanks for listening to the JT The Brick Show. And thank all of our proud partners here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.